0: Morning, with Phil Mickelson challenging for the lead at the PGA Championship. I asked Jay, would it be possible for Phil Mickelson at the age of 50 to do this for four consecutive days? And we kind of dismissed, well, I, I totally dismissed it. I didn't think he could, but lo and behold, Phil Mickelson won the PGA Championship. Jay, first of all, thanks for joining us. And second of all, what an amazing performance by Phil at the age of 50.
2: Hey, good morning. Yeah, oh my gosh, what a great Thing to uh, for golf and uh, for us over fifty, it gives everybody a little hope. I I was just so impressed with the way that he played, man. He um, uh, it, the the uh, ocean course in Kiwa is a beast from the back tees. I mean, I last time I was there, I just looked at the back tees and I just kept on driving, you know. And he uh, he just played so well. I hats off to him. I I had my doubts, Randy, as we as we discussed for sure.
3: And Jay, Phil talked about the adjustments he's made to the mental side of his game. It's obviously very rare that he was able to do this at age fifty. But do you think with those adjustments that Phil could do it again?
2: Well, I was so wrong <laughs> <I guess laughs> last week. I mean, I don't see why not. Uh, um, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot about Kiowa that, that fit Phil. You know, Phil is not a great driver of the ball. Although I will say this. He just drove it great on Sunday. I mean, he had opportunities coming down the stretch because we've all seen Phil and Tiger for that matter—the best two players in the last 25 years. Guys drive, have driven the ball all over the lot, and he was hitting bombs. I think his T shot on 16 went 366, and then he hit one—I don't even know how far—an 18. Just, just amazing. But both of them were in play, and when he did hit one a little offline, he got pretty lucky. I think he hit one under a cart either on late on Saturday or early on Sunday and, and and got relief, and so uh, hats off to, to Phil and how hard he's worked. I mean, he's really transformed his body at a late stage in his life, too, you guys. It's it's not easy beating those kids, and, and he uh, he put it to him.
1: I have a technical question for you here, Jay. Um, I was just riveted watching Sunday. I mean, it, it was back to when Tiger was winning his last Masters. I mean, I, everybody's watching what's going on, or at least you're checking it out. So, Brooks Kepka, he likes to play fast. We all know that. He gets frustrated when guys are, are slow. I, I think that to me, and I could be wrong about this, that was the slowest I've ever seen Phil Mickelson play. And, and part of it was what he talks about now, visualization. You know, he would address the ball. He'd step back. He'd take another practice swing. Do you think that had anything to do with it, with Kepka not putting together his best round and – just how slow and deliberate that Phil was playing. And again, I could be way off base and maybe he was playing at a fine pace, but that's one of the things I took away.
2: No, Danny, you're, you're spot on. Listen, this is the way the tour is. If somebody knows that they can do this to get under your skin, they'll do it. Yeah. And if it's, and if it's a way for them to gain a little leverage and Phil was, it almost looked like Phil was falling asleep. Sometimes Mm -hmm. He, he would spend so much time with his eyes closed and I, never seen him do that before and i've never seen it like Pro-
1: that with him ever
2: usually he's pretty no, quick player i agree with you i totally agree with you and and um you know brooks is such an interesting player he, he i don't know if you guys caught the the interview that wasn't supposed to be aired from the mm-hmm. golf channel when bryson you know he dropped a few choice words and rolled his eyes i guess so he, he really can't stand bryce deshimbo shimbo he's he's uh and and what i will say and and brooks is um, benefit is it he, he made a couple birdie thumb stretch to really make it close because uh when who played well uh, as well but I thought Phil you know he had a what a five-stroke lead at one point in time and, and it was kind of going all over the place it, it was just great TV for someone that loves golf and you know what else it did you guys it it really gave the Ascension Charity Classic here in St. Louis in September a gigantic boost I think we sold we sold thousands of tickets between Sunday and Monday, and also um, several for uh, pro am foursomes and uh, some hospitality. So people were watching Phil in the over 50. Uh, crowd, and we got a big boost at the Ascension Charity Classic, which is really cool.
0: That's awesome. And p- people can find out more and get tickets by just going to ascensioncharityclassic.com and finding out about tickets. Still some volunteer spots available, I know. And uh, obviously, the like you said, the hospitality tents, a lot going on, and perhaps Phil will be playing here. Meanwhile, Jay, do you think it's good for golf or it can be for g- good for golf that... Apparently, Kepka and Deschambeau Well, not apparently, they do. They dislike each other as much as they do. Can that be a good thing?
2: You know what? Typically, I'd say no, Randy, because our game is so genteel. But in today's society, I think it's probably. I think it'll probably get some uh, get some play. I mean, people are always looking for stories so that they can kick around. And, and uh, Bryson is must watch. Golf when he plays. I mean, he's a train wreck waiting to happen every single time he takes his driver out. But when he hits it straight, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how far that went. And then you see what he did, you know, at the U.S. Open at uh, at Wingfoot. And so you just never really know what what he's going to do. His approach is so unusual between his clubs and. I mean, can you imagine you guys having a, and Michelle, I know you don't play a whole lot, but could you imagine if your your sand wedge was the same length as your six iron? Yeah, really. I I mean, I could hit that thing 170 yards. Maybe that's what they do. I, I don't know, but it seems like it would be so difficult to hit those little soft shots around the greens, but he seems to do it well.
0: And in the latest match, it's going to be Phil and Tom Brady against Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. And leave it to Tom Brady to be the smart aleck that says, two champions versus a scientist and a Jeopardy host. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I know TV's your favorite,
0: right, Manny? <laughs> he's, he's actually become a likable sort in Tampa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's much more fun oh, now than he was in New England. He would have never done that as a member of the Patriots.
1: I'm with you, Jay. Forget it. No, he's not likable. <laughs>
2: Well, I, the match is going to be fun, I, I think. I don't know, you know, when those things run their course. It was interesting. I, I tuned into the second one to watch what Charles Barkley was going to do because I played with Chuck before, and it is, you know, you could stop and go get a sandwich, and he's still in the middle of his back swing. <laughs> You know, You know, you don't know where. And you and, and you and having Charles Barkley, Mike, is just a treat because you got to have the button, you know, very close by.
3: Jay, speaking of Phil, I want to go back to the PGA for a second. We're always going to remember it because Phil won it at age 50. But one thing I'm always going to take away is that's the first time I remember seeing a really vibrant crowd back in golf after we didn't have fans for so long. I know that uh, Brooks Koepka didn't like it too much. But what did you think seeing so many fans being so into it back in the gallery?
2: Oh, Michelle, I'm with you so much. That's a great point because we – I've talked to some of the players I've had on my show. I've talked to them when I've seen them and not having the energy and Danny, you know, from, from just calling the games in a, in a remote room, it's not right. It's, you know, we're humans, we're not machines. And um, Justin Thomas said something so poignant where when you do something really well in front of a big crowd, there's momentum that carries you to that next shot to that. Even if it's from a green to the next tee, and, and even though Phil got mauled a little bit, I'm glad he didn't get hurt, but it was a little weird to see that massive crowd get let go and kind of engulf Phil on the last hole. But I thought it was great, Michelle. And the fact that we're outside, you guys, come on we've read all this stuff about this virus we can be outside and be okay i thought it was fantastic
1: what does this win do for phil in terms of representing uh in international events because now he moves way up when you win a a major i mean that's a ton of points obviously and and there are exemptions that you can get What what do you think would happen with uh with phil in international competition now
2: Oh my gosh! Well, Danny, he's definitely gone. Well, what, what it'll, it'll remain to be seen how he plays from this point on. But um, I read uh, about Strick and Davis Love were talking because Davis Love is going to be a co-captain for the Ryder Cup team. Right. Which by the Ryder, this is what's interesting about the Essential Charity Classic, Danny. I know you know this, but the listeners may not. It falls two weeks before the Ryder Cup here, the Essential Charity Classic in St. Louis. But what's really interesting, you guys, there's no event on the PGA on a regular PGA tour opposite that week. So there's no other event to play in. And so Phil might use Phil makes a team. He might use this, um, our event here, the essential Jody classic as, as something to get ready for, because I think Phil's going to be on that team now, especially with the absence of tiger. And guys, think about this. How cool will it be if tigers next appearance on a golf course will be at the Ryder cup. At Whistling Straits as an assistant captain. That place will go bananas. It will be unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and that's why I brought it up, and I, as it pertains to St. Louis, got to connect the dots, but because there's no PGA Tour event and he can play in the Champions Tour, and why not just keep your momentum going at that point and make sure you're still in competition? I, I would love to see him here, obviously selfishly, but from a standpoint of strategic and trying to just keep any edge you can, and he'll have the chance to do that. It would make some sense for him to come here and play.
2: Yeah, it really will, Danny. And a lot depends on how far he goes in the playoffs, you know, and what he does in the Tour Championship and things like that. So it'll it'll come down to the to his decision making. Um, I know he's interested in the event. Uh, he's been told plenty of times about how great St. Louis is and the golf course is going to be terrific. It all the all is going to hinge on how much golf he's playing down the stretch, but there's a there's a really good chance.
0: Jay, uh, Memorial Day edition of Golf with Jay Delsing coming up this Sunday. Who do you have on the show?
2: I got David Faraday on the show. Awesome. Guys, uh, really fun, really uh, interesting conversation. He, he asked me what we talk about on the show, and I said, you know, nothing really. We kind of start talking about golf, and we wander and veer all over the place. And he said, why don't you have me on the show? Nobody can talk about nothing better than I can. And I said, okay, you might, might as well.
0: A show about nothing. I love that idea. Somebody is. right. We do it well. I'm I'm glad you thought of it. Well, we'll be tuned in. Have a great weekend. Thanks for your time as always. And we'll talk to you next week.
2: Pleasure, guys. You guys too.
3: See you. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday. And as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama.